Hey guys, I don't know if you're like me, but I love Count the Dings and everything it has to offer. I just can't find everything I need. You know, I know about Cinephobe and I know about the mailbag and I know about Bomb, but that's all we do, right, I mean? No, we do so much more. What? Yeah, absolutely. If you sign up, patreon.com slash count the dings, you'll find a plethora of other content, fresh content, extended content, the OG pod overflow, the Cinephobe cold opens that we've taken and made their own thing to live only there. The Rewatchingtons, bomb in its full Ooh. and unadulterated cut, early drops of Cinephobe episodes, and so much more. You said the OG pod. Now, is it new or is it old? Mace, I'm glad you asked that. It is a new incarnation mm-hmm. of the old OG pod. Oh. So it's me, Zach, Trey, Waz, Tom. I love those guys. Just like we always were. Going back to the True Hoop days, mm-hmm. we're recreating that magic, recapturing it, and putting it back out. We're talking hoops. We're talking pop culture. And most importantly, we're talking for 40 minutes for free. Mm-hmm. But then another specific Patreon exclusive segment for every one of those episodes. Funny enough about that OG pod, you're getting Tom and Trey on Mondays. You're getting me and Waz, aka Zosny, on Wednesdays. Amin's floating in between. I'm a floater. You never know when you're going to get Amin in those, so you got to listen to them all. And what if I'm not sure what Maze looks like? Because I've always thought he's a fat man with a fedora. He's got a weird voice. How can I see for myself what this Maze character actually looks like? It's crazy you don't know the answer to this. Hmm. because it's the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. What? The CT5s on the Cinephobe Pod YouTube page. You can look at all of us. You can get all the OG pods on YouTube too at CountTheDings1 on YouTube, at Cinephobe Pod on YouTube, patreon.com slash CountTheDings gets you everything all in one feed. You can link it to your Spotify. And now enjoy the show. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Protect your dream home with American Family Insurance. And you can weather any storm. You'll also save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. I watch all of y'all, and it is just for the sheer creativity, like I'm actually realizing that basically I've basically been performing recipes for my whole life. The fact that you guys can go into a situation with a ticking time bomb no thought whatsoever before a ingredient was basically just presented to you and you're told go. Like, I just, I can't even get, like, there's a part of me that still doesn't believe the show's real. I think some of us are 
surprised as well, honestly. <laughs> I think some of us, you know, looking back at it now, um, it's pretty incredible the kind of creativity that everybody has. It's, it's like you go into, you know, fight or flight. So it's either you run or you stick to your guns and you cook your ass off and you try and do your absolute best every single time because that's why you're here. Because you give up so much to be there, honestly. You have to make it worthwhile. This episode of Pack Your Knives is dedicated to the memory of Fatima Ali. Yeah, this is really, this is a tough one. We just recorded our episode, uh, and then as I'm signing off, Kevin, uh, Bruce Kalman posted on Instagram that uh, it's with a heavy heart we say goodbye to Fatima Ali today as she has lost her battle with cancer. I will miss you, Fati, and you will be in my heart forever. I'll always remember the great times we had, especially our interview during the tailgating episode discussing football, stadiums, and Taylor Swift. Much love, Bruce. Um, hashtag it's not fair. Hashtag friends. Hashtag family. This is um, this was tough. She came on our episode on our podcast last year, um, and the sense of humor, the grace, the talent. Uh, I believe. No, she was uh, not believe she was the fan favorite from last year um, and I couldn't agree more. Uh, she was the most delightful guest we had last year. Um, I was we, we probably spent more times talking about Fatima last last uh, season than anybody on the show. And um, this is this is a tough one. Oh, she had uncommon poise and pride. Uh and, and just a really generous spirit. We will miss her very much. So, all right, with uh, with a heavy heart, this is our uh, podcast recap of the Houseboat Challenge. But uh, thinking about you, Fatih, and the rest of the Top Chef family, um, yeah. I'm Kevin Arnovitz. And I'm Tom Haverstrow. Tom, are you a soiree guy or a kegger guy? Oh, you know the answer to that, Kevin. I don't even have to say it. I'm a kegger guy. And oh, man, I can't wait to discuss this episode with you because Eddie could not have drafted a worse team for the challenge. All right. Well, let's let's, let's first introduce the episode uh, to our listeners. We presume that if you're listening to this, and you haven't watched the show, there's, you have a mental defect, um, because who would watch this show other than people who, who, who love Top Chef? But let's just quickly go over what happened. We're down to nine, and the cha- there is no quick fire, which is unfortunate. You know, I like my quick fires, Tom. I don't, I don't like when quick fires split or, or split out from the show. I, I, I bring quick fire back. Be true to quick fire, Top Chef. Quick fires are awesome. Yeah, but if, uh, if it means that we don't get to see Bri- six foot seven Brian in shoe- full shoes in a hot tub in a hundred degree heat cooking parketta or serving parketta, I don't want a quick fire because that was a delight. Anyway, okay. go ahead. So uh, it's it's going to be a five one four throw a houseboat party on Lake Cumberland party. 
uh, or, or, or elimination challenge. That's the challenge is there's going to be a team of five and a team of four. Each has to serve 100 people who are going to go back and forth. It's, it's actually a popular vote. This is not judges will not determine the winning team and the losing team it, it, in classic Top Chef form. Uh, the winning team is is immune, and, and the losing team gets marched up before the judges' table, and one chef will go home. Uh, and as you mentioned, uh, Eddie, ha- having won the previous challenge, gets the quote-quote privilege mm-hmm. of picking whether, A, he wants a five-person team or four-person team uh, in consideration of space or number of hands or whatever the case may be, uh, and who is on that team. And when presented with this privilege, Eddie was suitably just distraught by having to choose his team. Completely uh, scrambled. Right. Uh, either because he didn't want to hurt feelings, either because he's just not a terribly decisive person, didn't want to have to make value judgments uh, against people he's grown to like. Um, Tom, I thought of you because – the uh, and he basically seemed to do it almost at random uh, – it almost appeared as if he took the four people who were in closest proximity to him physically <laughs> at the time. But let me ask you a question, Tom, as the official scorekeeper. What yeah. had Eddie decided, I'm going to have a five-person team, and I'm going to pick the four fellow contestants with, at the time, the highest pack-your-knives point total? Who would he have taken? Ooh, that is a good question, Kevin. Well, first, while I dig that up for you, I want to hear your thoughts on the four versus five. And I want to hear whether you actually uh, I kind of thought this when when he got charged with this this responsibility of having not just how many people, but who he was going to pick. I almost could feel you squirming in your seat watching that, that that would, that would be a tough thing for you, Kevin, in, in your, in your, uh, alter ego of, of Eddie Conrad. I am, that you're I always, am Eddie. You are Eddie. Were you squirming in your seat when, when Padma said, Hey, as part of your prize, your reward, Kevin, you get to choose your team and how many you have on your team. Well, let me, let me ask you a question as a married straight man. Like one thing that's always been, I'm not probably getting married. I, I'm I'm against gay marriage and straight marriage, but um, I, I just don't like the institution. But uh, let, let me ask you a question. One of the things that would stress me out is having to pick my groomsmen, right? Mm, because yeah. because what you're essentially doing is ranking your friends, right? And there's a bubble, and, and I can't imagine it's not like any assembling any group or or whatever. Like if you get five, uh, maybe you got a couple brothers, which you do, uh, but you, you got to pick two or three other guys. Then you got like kind of like the, the NIT is ushers, right? Like that's sort of if you don't get into the big dance, you're, you get an usher honor. But like it, it, one of the things that strikes me, I, I couldn't do that. Like by sheer fact of not knowing how to rank friends, not wanting to hurt feelings. Mm-hmm. I've, ne- I've always been amazed that women and men in weddings are able to somehow do it without offending or like I just couldn't do it. I'm dealing with this right now. Not that I'm getting remarried, Kevin. You're getting remarried? No, again? I'm, I'm not. Um, but hey, if I was, would you come out for the wedding? we do it again I, at the Brown Hotel if you want. I, I mean, I, look, I, who am I to judge other people's cultures and religious <laughs> doctrines? If, if well, you're a polygamist, that's cool. Fine. Well, I'm going to um, – I, I my best friend growing up is getting married, and he he awarded me with the privilege of being the co best man with along with his brother. I, it's it's funny how these things uh, it just kind of it it it, um, it mutates this this tradition. You know, you're you got a best man, but also co best man. Um, so I am in charge with running the bachelor party. And also like when it is, where it is. And so there's there's not just the, <laughs> There's not just the the groomsman thing, but there's a lot of like 
you know, planning. Um, and well, uh, ju- The reason I'm laughing, Tom, is do you know how many of those I have planned? Like, I'm the guy you call to plan the trip. You don't want me as a groomsman, and you don't want me as an usher, but you want me to kind of figure out hotels and flights and and kind of design a weekend and meals and, and everything else. Like, literally, I have planned, I think, four bachelor parties in my kind of 20-some-odd years as a friend to people getting married. Well, then you are now me. Instead of Eddie, you are now me. You are going to plan this uh, this bachelor party. But I, I digress because this is um, – this is it, it's a tough thing because now what happens with weddings is that you have a reciprocity rule, which is if this guy invited me into my groomsman, I have to invite him. But even if it's like ten years ago, you get you're at a different place. In Wait, your there's life. no statute of limitations. There, there is, but it's a very unwritten, blurry line of like, hey, I know uh, you were my best man, or uh, I was your best man like fifteen years ago, but like you know what, I don't need I don't need to do that. So. Anyway, um, I I felt like Eddie doing this draft was like David Kahn of drafting. He just seemed to look around and <laughs> be like... Who's Johnny Flynn? <laughs> Who is Johnny Flynn out there? Uh, let's pass on Steph Curry. So this is, this is a really amazing job because I think Magical Elves, the production team, the editing team, did a phenomenal job of capturing how nerdy... How non-fratty, how non-party people this blue team was. Because Eddie goes with... Hey, those are my people, Tom. I know, and this is what's amazing about this episode is I felt so much just gravitating towards the green team. I might have just grabbed a green shirt from my closet while watching this episode because I was team green. And I knew that as soon as he said, first pick Adrian, I was like... This is a house party boat. You're picking Adrian as your number one pick? Michelle as your number two pick? Adrian could be like Ms. Lampshade, for all you know. But all right. right, So I want to go back to my question real quick. Right. Uh, So had he chosen of the other eight contestants at that current moment, who were the top four point earners? I I was getting there, Kevin, because as much as I, I... I make fun of Eddie for drafting Adrian. She actually had was the leading point there. Uh, so there you go. So he actually decided I'm going. I have this innate. I'm seeing into the future. I know how Kevin and Tom's scoring system is going to be for la- for pack your knives, and I'm going to draft the number one person, Adrian, on the board with 20 points. She is the leading point. Uh, uh, point person in this competition. And then number two is Eric. He did not choose Eric. Then David and then Brian. He picked Dave and Brian in that order. Uh, he also drafted Michelle. So he actually, in terms of performance and in terms of the point totals that we have through the competition at that point, he actually did pretty good. So that's interesting. Brian was up there because I feel like he's been on the bottom a lot. Brian won a challenge. Um, uh, the fact is, he won a challenge, so he gets ten points for that, and he was also in the top three for the for the second episode. I forget. Remind me, what is the penalty for being in the, bo- the bottom of the judges' there table? Is, but but there is no. You do not get any points. You do not. If you move on in the competition, you get a plus two. If you if you get in the bottom, which he's been in the bottom uh, uh, three times, um, Brian has. Then he gets he got booted so i think no 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 no, no. that's not my question my question about our point system is are you telling me on a regular 10 person episode 
top three, bottom three, middle six, that the middle six get the same amount as the bottom no, 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 no. two we, that don't go home? No, the, the middle six get two points. Oh, 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 For oh, moving oh. on in the competition, for surviving, you get two points. And if you're in the bottom, you get zip, no so points. So even if you move on, even if you're not the ultimate, like, executee. Correct. You're in the okay, bottom okay, okay, three, okay, 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 you get right. zero. The the XQT, the guillotine recipient gets a minus five, which okay. Brian did in this so, episode. He did get the minus five. Um, we will get there. But the point the point is, the point is, he says, I'm just saying names, Eric, uh, Eddie does. And it turns out that they're planning this, this party boat and they're just discussing how do, how do you party? What does it look like? You know, what what does a party look like? And someone's uh, Michelle goes tiki bar idea, and Brian goes, oh, so fun, just deadpanning. It was amazing. And then in the car, Brian's you know talking it out with with Michelle and going, so um, it's a party. Uh, what are we gonna do for fun? trivia? And you know what? That's fun. <laughs> I love trivia. I don't know why you're laughing. That would have been really fun. Trivia. Trivia By the on way, the Lake Cumberland with, with jello yes. shots. Yes. Okay. Where is there never? Trivia is fun anywhere. Yes. But it, um, it's not like a party. I mean, I don't know. So I hated this. Not I didn't hate the episode. I thought they did a lovely job. <laughs> I hated this challenge because. I, no, I'm sorry. I think fun is stupid. Like, I, like, I, I loved just, it. I don't – what's wrong with not being – I like to have fun. For me, fun is getting baked and going eat soup dumplings. Like, that's fun. Yes. In, and stopping and by Roman's like bookstore in a 100-degree heat in a – you know what? I, I'll share the list. And by the way, that jiggle juice was the most – like like the most repulsive thing I've ever oh seen. Oh, my you can, God. You can have your jiggle juice. I wouldn't – I wouldn't give that to my whatever. It's, my rabbit. I don't even own a rabbit. I wouldn't give it to my rabbit. Kevin, I'll never forget – Taking you back to 2011, or let, let's go back to 2010. We're hanging out in Miami. I just moved there with my then girlfriend, now wife, and we get All Star break off. We get the All Star break is this little vacation in the middle of the season. Uh, at that point, Kevin, it was still one weekend. I believe it was just a weekend. It wasn't the full week. The All Star break, and I was planning on what I was going to do for that like two days off that we had. I, uh, being in South Beach, we decided, Kevin, to go. Do you remember what we did on that weekend? Well, I thought I went to Los Angeles. That was where the All-Star game was, and I got to go home. You might, yes, but I don't think I got, uh, I wasn't on the, the list for that, for you traveling for that. I think I got the weekend off, and you went home. Do you remember what I did with Allison? I don't know. What did you do with Allison? We, we did something to which you responded, that sounds like my own personal hell. Did you go to Disney World? No, we went on a cruise ship. <laughs> Oh, God, you did? Why? <laughs> because we're in South Beach. We're in Miami. You drive across the 195, um, all the MacArthur Causeway there in Miami. You're always passing by all these fancy cruise ships, these gigantic cruise ships as you're driving along the MacArthur. And it was like, you know what? We don't have too much money. Uh, we can't go on a trip somewhere. But what if we did a trip where you get to, like, 
hang out. Um, instead of like flying Wait, somewhere, you could go on a cruise and go did to the Co- cruise ship. Go anywhere, or did you just go? <laughs> <on the beach laughs> it days? went to Cozumel. Uh, it stopped a night in Key West, then Cozumel, and then we are back in two days. So it was a quick trip to Mexico uh, on a cruise ship. And I just remember we were at two different points in our lives. You were you were living in downtown Miami. You're going back to L.A. And you were just like, that sounds awful. And so this episode, Kevin, was your awful. It was your personal. Oh you're God. on a houseboat in Kentucky on and a like, lake. Let me tell you something. I know those Eisenhower era lakes that they have across the in- interior south. Because I grew up in TVA, North Georgia. TVA, damn. I yes, had Lake yes. Lanier. I mean, I know all about those houseboat situations. That is that is not fun. That is torture. I was, I was hoping for trivia and, and kind of Eddie just you know, an Eddie meltdown like that. That's fun for me. I am um, in college. You would not believe it, I, but our fraternity went on a mountain weekend to Tennessee, uh, Fontana dam. It's just this big lake filled in a uh, man-made lake in the mountains in the Tennessee mountains. And we were on a pontoon boat for five hours in the fall of North Carolina or Tennessee. And it was delightful. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I want to do. I'll do like Santorini on a like a yacht or something. But like, I don't know. Man. I'll do Santorini like, on a yacht. But oh, it's- like in like those Eisenhower post-war like man-made lakes. Lund Cumberland is man-made. I'm certain of it, right? Uh, pretty sure of it. I have to yeah. look that up. But I mean, man, that that is just some that is some bleak fun. You but, don't you uh, don't think you would want to hang out with Sarah on a on a houseboat party? That's your girl. Uh, yeah, it's my. I just it's not not my venue, not my venue. Uh, but I do like to have fun. I, I like to have fun different kinds of, of fun. Yes, I'll I'll do both. Of. I'll I'll do the houseboat thing. I'll be team blue. I'll t- I'll be team blue whenever, and I'll also be team green. You know, that's my thing. That's, I, it's I'll, the it's the introverts versus the extroverts. It's it's cool. So, um, they go the team blue goes with basically a default party idea, which is let's just get some tiki torches and just throw them up there and hopefully that'll be a, a a party theme and the green team they've got it all figured out kelsey she goes like kelsey is the team party planner she she is that's her job again she said. remember remember i said she should have been front of the house yes like, like if i'm i mean because if i'm drafting if i'm eddie i'm drafting kelsey forgetting the fact that she'll make the best maybe she makes the best dish maybe she doesn't she ended up doing it like i know that i have a fun deficit so i'm going to get the fun person and, and do you think Eddie – do you think Eddie just from um, equality standpoint was like, I don't want to pick people, so I'm just going to pick the people who are closest to me so I don't burn any bridges or anything like that? That's because, exactly what he did. Because I feel like this is um, – this was just – of all the people to choose, it feels like Kelsey, Sarah, Eric, Justin for for doing a party, those are the four people. Those, If you could rank them, I feel like those are the four people that you get. Brian at one point says, like, like this is how much Brian parties, like on a houseboat. He says, uh, take a look at my, my legs. This is the only time you'll ever see my legs again. The guy doesn't wear shorts. He's never brought out shorts before. I don't traditionally wear shorts either, but that's, Kevin, that's another... We've gone kayaking in South Beach before. That's true. I, we, I have, yes. I, I've seen you in shorts, and Brian wore shoes in a hot tub. Think of how out of place that is, that Brian wore... I'm imagining what is the worst possible situation to be in in, in the 100-degree summer heat in Kentucky. Right. Serving a porchetta in shoes in a hot tub without a hat on sounds like 
awful, awful. All right. So tell me you're, you are, let's just say you're Eddie. You know the assignment. And then, by the way, they say party. You know, I don't, I don't think they realize. I, my sense is Eddie didn't realize the extent to which you would be judged on environment. Right. These are chefs. They're thinking. Yep. Okay, who who are the chefs I want? But knowing what you know now, or not even know what you know, actually don't let's 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 try to not do that. Who would you have chosen at that moment in time if you're Eddie? Uh, well, I'm I'm picking Sarah. Obviously, is is my number one pick there because she is not only Kentuckian. She's done the houseboat thing, and she likes to party. It's not like she's she's Adrian, who doesn't seem like she uh, has ever had a jello shot in her life. Sarah Sarah said on this episode that she has done many many house parties and basically takes her shirt off and and hangs out. Like that is the number one pick for me. Kelsey, um, Justin seems like super fun, um, and then Eric Eric. I don't know if he's my one of my top three picks on this episode, but I got to imagine the first two are Sarah and Kelsey, who, as you saw, just dominated this competition. Yeah, I, I kind of would have gone a little different. Um, I definitely would have gone Kelsey just because, again, I just it, it requires logistics. It requires a certain um, a certain sociality that, that she yep. has like she like that. That's, that's an easy one for me. Uh, I worry about Sarah at that moment because I haven't she she's she's not been cooking well and i think at the end of the day you still can't have too many you can have the now uh, now again it seems like the participants didn't really care one way or the other right like like food i mean it it turned out they did very good food as well but it it seemed as if they were truly being judged on by but but i would worry about sarah a little bit just because i i she's having trouble cooking the same reason i wouldn't have have drafted brian again I, i just i don't have confidence in his food right now um but i would have gone now, I, I worry a little bit about Justin if I'm drafting because he can be volatile, small galley, uh, a little hectic. You know, is he, you know, it, you know just it, just a guy who in, in that situation can get a little backbiting just mm-hmm. by his own admission, right? Like a guy who can get a little salty. So maybe I worry about that. Um, I think I'm bringing David just because I know his food is good. And David mm-hmm. seems like in the right group he could have been fun guy. David's kind of fun guy, you know, like you could have seen him on the fun team. Ooh, Tiki bar. Mm, so fun. Oh, so I love that. Kelsey, moment. David, um, I would have gone Eric just because, again, I mean, he just he's cooking his ass mm-hmm. off. I mean, guys, just cooking his ass off and he's fun. Right. So I would have gone Kelsey, Eric, David. And. You know, maybe I would have gone Justin, too. Kevin, I'm, you know, I'm picking exactly. You know, Justin grew up team. on the lakes. I, I think Justin grew up on the lakes in in, in Saint Paul. You know, apparently he has houseboat experience or party boat experience. So yeah, I probably would have gone Kelsey, Justin, Eric, David. Um, I love Michelle. You know, I love her cooking, but it's not going to be a pasta challenge. And you know, she's a little more docile. Um, that's who I'd rather be on a road trip with. Yes, yeah, so it was um, almost to, like you trade out Dave for Sarah essentially. Your 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 pick. And by the way, um, another miscue for Eddie in drafting is that he went with five people instead of four. I would have right. gone with four because if you're going to be on a houseboat, Bing Bing Bing, that should set the alarm bells off that you're going to be in a shoebox making yeah. that meal. So you want to go less people, not more. And then it kind of. It kind of backfired again just by unfortunate circumstance that Adrian was battling the flu. Well, also, I you know, I think another reason, not only lack of space, there's no added value. If everyone's responsible for a dish, 
It's not like if anything. Oh, yeah. So 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 not only do you not get any really added value. Oh, the extra hands. Um, number two is I think my at least our experience in watching the show is it's not so much having a bad dish is worse than having a good dish is good. Yes. So like you give yourself five bullets in Russian roulette. Yeah. It's an extra bullet. Yeah. So it's like an extra it, risk. You don't want right. That. It, yep. Exactly. So you're, you're absolutely right for both. And because, again, it's not like, oh, you're you're doing family style for 100 people. OK, five people is great. Right. You have an extra set of hands. You're not doing family style. Everyone's doing their own dish. So you have five more needs, five more body, uh, one more body, one more potential bad dish, um, you know, space issues, uh, infighting issues, all the rest of it. You're absolutely right. This is you, Adrian was correct when she said that you definitely go with four, not five. So I would have, I would have gone, team. <laughs> so I would have been, I would have been Eric Kelsey. Uh, I would have been Eric Kelsey, David. Yeah. So it was, um, it was tough. I mean, if you're given the clues, right? Houseboat, you can do four or five. You get to pick your own team. Uh, I can't, um, it is hard to consider a worse outcome for Eddie's drafting is what is all I'm saying. And this is, this is coming from someone who's, uh, admittedly terrible at drafting contestants in this own competition of, of pack your knives fantasy. I'm really bad at it, but this was Eddie was doing the fair thing, um, was doing the, the most team friendly thing, uh, by just picking random people around him. But, um, I think it did it. I think it was a costly decision for him. Hello listener. Guess who's back. It's me, Anthony Mays, your favorite butcher turned podcast producer. And I'm here to talk to you about ButcherBox. ButcherBox is the most convenient way to get high quality meat and seafood that you can trust delivered straight to your doorstep, free shipping, vacuum sealed packaging. It's ready to go right then. It's ready to pop in the freezer. You get exclusive member deals and a variety of high quality cuts at an amazing value. Going to the grocery store can be a huge pain. You're usually in a rush at an inconvenient time. You're waiting in line at the meat counter. You're taking a number. Maybe this place doesn't have a number. You're jostling with fellow customers. You're trying to get that ribeye that you want or that nice piece of salmon. Maybe the butcher that you're dealing with has a bad attitude or something. I don't know. That was never me. I promise. But maybe it happens. Butcher Box takes all of that out of the picture. You are always prepared with meat and seafood in the freezer, and you're not going to find quality for this price anywhere else other than ButcherBox. So sign up at butcherbox.com dings, D-I-N-G-S, and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com dings and use code dings, D-I-N-G-S, to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. 
I mean, he literally could have gone better. I, who were the January birthdays? Who were the February birthdays? The March <laughs> birthdays? I mean, that, that is essentially what he did. Yes, yes. So um, let's get into – I want to ask your opinion about when a team gets a, a, a curveball, like power going out, what goes through your head when you're, you're talking about how fair that is, that one houseboat just loses power straight up? I feel like that's like – do you stop the competition and just try to level the playing field? Because that seems really unfair. All right. Well, the first question is, are you a houseboat truther? Oh. I mean, are they pulling that mm. Are they pulling that shit intentionally? I mean, are those guys down there working in that? Is that just total, like, snow job? Like that, th- th- That's those actually guys the owner are, of the surf shop nearby. That's exactly. not even a, that's not even a, a plumber the, those, or whatever. Those are SAG extras, literally. Okay? Like, Eddie, they, Eddie, they, Eddie pops in. He's like, hey, how's it going over there? Look promising. Um, yeah. Wh- why are you holding a tiki torch? Uh, I don't know. I'm just here. I'm just here. You, you know, know, like, they see them at the Nashville airport next week, you know? <laughs> <laughs> like... But so that that's that's the question is is are you a truther? I, I'm a little bit of a truther on this one. I'm not normally a conspiracy theorist, but but uh, on matters of NBA and uh, no, I'm not even an NBA conspiracist. But but I just wonder. And then they did they have to kind of make it up. They did a makeup call the next day with uh, with Eddie as he's making his fish, or not Eddie, rather Eric as he's making his fish. What what happened there? So um, I guess his deep fryer. Yeah. Um, it malfunctioned or it wasn't getting hot enough, which is ridiculous in the, in the hundred degree heat, but it, it wasn't working. But Eric, man, uh, I was looking at trade possibilities right now and I'm like, I don't know if Kevin would trade any of his people for any of my people. Cause Eric is just the fact that he got dealt Eric's that a boss. He is a boss. He got dealt that blow where he had a deep fryer on the deck and he could not get the things to fry the the walleye fish to fry so what did he do he went down into the kitchen and just fried it in the kitchen and it's like man this guy is a juggernaut you know it was interesting we had been asking the question uh pursuant to restaurant wars about the timing of the judges coming to your meal and just how that affects scoring Mm -hmm. we've been asking some of the contestants perfect example is michelle does her fish and chips Legacy loves them, right? Her her kind of potato chip encrusted uh, uh, bass, and why? Because he got a hot piece. You know, she's cooking yeah. for a hundred people. By the time Tom gets there, it's a little off the heat. Uh, he's not into it, mm-hmm. and so yeah, perfect example of in a counterfactual. If like Tom hits, you know, Michelle first, uh, it's an entirely different ball game. Now again. The whole scoring is weird because they got those little coins or whatever the hell they're doing with the with the regular. I don't like when regular people judge. I, I'm, I'm not oh, a. You're an I, elitist. I, I, I want Top Chef to be a republic, not a democracy. Okay, like I I don't I don't trust the unwashed mass. Put that on the shirt. I don't trust the masses. By the way, I said the same thing on the jump last week. I want about all star voting. I want the NBA to be a republic, not a democracy. But um, I don't like when regular people vote. I, I'm, I, that's what the founders wanted to prevent against. I don't, I don't trust regular people anymore. So here's I'm, my thing. Uh, I'm an elitist. You know what? I just realized this was basically uh, party wars. They had it to really des- was. They had to design their own party with the vibe, the food, the scene, the ambiance. Um, and 
that that was very, that proved very difficult for the blue team and the jiggle juice the jiggle juice revolting padma had to spit it out because it was too boozy padma lakshmi thought this was too boozy i am th- that- i don't think it was that it was too boozy i think it's cuz someone decided to put like peach mint tea and fucking bourbon in the same container i I don't think it was the amount of alcohol have you have you ever had a john daly before that is a an arnold palmer with some booze in it i mean i don't like sugary i don't like an old-fashioned that's that's i mean you like that so like you know these days it's more like michter's a couple drops of bitters be done i'm out yeah well um this was this was interesting to me because I think there was a little bit of um, a chess match going on here where, where even though Sarah knew that maybe the judges wouldn't like the Jiggle Juice, she knew the partygoers would. Brilliant move by Sarah to just get everyone lit. And it was like, yeah, I, I love this, Pilot, this place. She's the real MVP. By the way, I would have just said, fuck it. Like, we're doing edibles on our boat. <laughs> Team trivia, we got edibles. Like, yes. that would have been... Let's, go, way, let's get in the galley and let's all hang out in the bedroom and throw some Bob Marley and do some, like, uh, some Again, trivia. by the way, how they left – not to go back and relitigate, but how they left that off the table as a challenge in Colorado in season 15 is beyond me. I feel like it's a lost episode. Just a lost opportunity. And, and Just, what if there was – like you know what? That would have been a great reveal, brother, from uh, last week is, is if he was like, by the way, you guys did not uh, see the cannabis episode that we had. I mean, I'm, I'm just shocked that there, there was none. But anyway, um, yep. You know what, Sarah? Sarah with the plan. By the way, let's just go through the food real quick mm-hmm. because uh, you know, at the fundamentally, they're getting off the damn boat next week and they'll be back to cooking food for for oh, real stop judges. It. Get off um, your high horse, Kevin. I'm just, I, I just don't like fun to be an equation. Your ivory tower over here. I am, I am, I am in the big ivory tower. Uh, Brian's porchetta. It gets him sent home. You kind of just saw it coming. And it was very interesting to watch the other chefs just kind of drag him while he wasn't around. <laughs> yeah. hey, like, I felt terrible because Bad you know idea. that. Because yeah. here's the thing you know that Brian cooks one hell of a porchetta. You just yes. know that all things, if, if he's not cooking 100 degree heat or in his wet shoes or whatever the hell he was trying to do there, um, you just know that that guy makes one hell of a porchetta. So it was very sad to see him on a week where he wanted to show coming off of the ribeye disaster that he knows how to cook meat he goes home with sort of a honey porchetta with papaya peanut uh tom actually you know liked the accompaniments there but um you know it was very interesting it 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 was very strange because he and david were probably the two people most likely to go home david did seafood dumplings with the black bass caramelized onion and spiced coconut broth but did it in kind of a, a a paper a plastic cup and the judges, while liked the taste, decided that it was bad for the party. Mm. So it was one of those two people on the judges' chopping block, one there for execution, the other there for context, right? Like David missed context. Brian missed execution. Execution almost always goes home. Um, Kevin, I have a question. Yeah. Do we know the difference in terms of uh, the technical difference between – I know what de- you're going to ask. Yes, between a potlicker and a potsticker and a dumpling. And a gyoza. Okay, you got a dumpling, a potsticker, and a gyoza. I think they're all the same thing. Aren't they interchangeable? Well, I mean, what's really the difference between a roti, a burrito, and like, 
you know, a wrap. I'm trying to think. Yeah. And, 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 a, and a, like in a wrap. And like, a Caesar exactly. wrap, yeah. Every yeah. culture has its own gyoza. Every culture has its own dumpling. So is, is a pot sticker, I mean, I've had an amazing, back home uh, in my hometown, there's this uh, chef's table. They have these turkey pot stickers that, forget the turkey side, the pot sticker itself, the, there was a dip, uh, like this almost... Um, like a soy sauce uh, ponzu dip that was it was delicious. I think about it all the time. It's a great pot sticker. There was a huge nostalgia bomb from from high school when she said you should have done a pot sticker. But then I was thinking, what's the difference between a pot sticker and a dumpling and a gyoza? And I guess a pot sticker is dry. You know, all the good stuff is in there and it's not in this like soup. No, gyoza is outside of soup. Yeah, that too. I mean, dumpling is, I mean, every culture has, truly every culture has its dumpling. So my, my thing is here, I feel like the dishes that were hot in the heat did not play well. And that is a, Except a strategy. For Eric. Uh, correct. Correct. Er, Eric's um, beer battered, beer battered um, fried walleye. That was a, a, a Escovich was an, an excellent dish, but mostly I felt like, um, if you went with something hot, it didn't go very well. Kelsey went with cold, which was her her winning attribute for her for her dish was that you know Tom Kalika was like it was cold, which I loved, which is interesting. I mean, this yeah. is where we're at here is that like if you serve a really cold dish on a hundred degree house party boat, you're gonna win. Well, also it's very interesting. Twice in three weeks, an oyster with a nice mignonette wins the entire competition. This is this is uh t- this is top crudo. It continues to be top is this, is this top chef or is it top oyster? And and uh, the pickled watermelon rind was a very nice touch, I thought. Um, Justin did very – got high marks for his watermelon salad with the tequila marinated shrimp and, and basil croutons. Sarah goes with – I was sort of a worried for her. It's kind of a you know, shrimp roll and a brioche with tarragon, parsley, trinity spices. You know, I mean, um, but they loved it. Mm-hmm. And uh, ironically, Adrian, though she was ill – probably had the uh, their favorite really probably the only dish that they really loved uh in the uh for the team trivia team blue grilled, team yeah. blue though grilled salmon two, tacos chipotle two cilantro dishes kevin yeah There's, i know brian I know. had cilantro a, a, a cilantro leaf which you know what That's i appreciate yeah i appreciate when you dump the the leaf on top that's an easy removal it's just yeah. when you you dice it up and then it becomes part of the the salsa verde or the or the uh, or the sauce that you do with. Adrian had a little bit of cilantro in her dish. That was kind of like a smorgasbord on a on a little patty there, but the judges loved it. Yeah, um, you know Michelle got dinged just because hers wasn't hot. Uh, I think Brian Eddie's whose dish was not well liked. His po- first time he's really done a clunker, I think, in a while. Yeah, I think I think he finished on the bottom of a quick fire at some point. But like um, his poached shrimp with uh, wrapped in prosciutto uh, with herb aioli was just a, was not a favorite. I actually uh, kind of when he did it, I was like, yeah, I want that. Well, that, yeah, exactly. But um, I, I wonder to what extent because it really they really didn't like it. The fact that he had brought Adrian's dish, which was very good across the finish line, may have saved, not saved him, but but kept him out of the conversation for elimination. Mm. They didn't really declare who they, they didn't do that. All right. You two step off to the side. You're safe thing. They just mm. kind of lined them all up. And um, Brian went home for his porchetta, whose loin sort of fell out of its not casing, whatever that is. But 
Um, I, I feel terrible for Brian because I, 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 I've got to assume he does one hell of a porchetta in, in proper conditions. And it wasn't a matter of overthinking it. He just did it. But again, it was interesting to listen to the chefs. You know, Justin pulls no punches. He's riding around in that Beamer just, you know, dishing. Mm-hmm. Like that, he's going to overthink he's, it. Yeah. Uh, he's going to overthink it. Eddie will be stressed out, which he was. But um, I, I, I knew you'd love this episode to the extent that I didn't like it. Oh, um, because yeah. You, because you're Mr. Fun and I don't like to have any fun. And I, I'm, I'm looking forward to an episode where we just get back to, you know, like like the, the nice previews for next week where they're going up into a nice dining room, each bringing out their dish to white tablecloth. I, I'm looking forward to fine dining again. I, I don't I don't want any jiggle. I don't want nothing jiggling. I don't I don't know jiggle. Give me the jiggle juice. I, uh, I I no give me the juice. jiggle juice. You know the thing about the thing about shots, uh, like Jello shots, and I, I found it interesting. I noticed that they can't say Jello on the show. Can I make a confession mad. to you, Tom? You've never had a Jello shot. That's not, I know. That's a I'm zero like some, surprise. I'm like zero. somebody who grew up Amish or something. <laughs> so the whole point of a Jello shot is that it just goes straight down. You, like it's not a liquid, so you don't have to like swish it around your mouth. It just goes straight down. But then, what's the point? Don't you want to enjoy like like if I'm gonna get a, if I'm gonna get you know if I'm gonna drink a nice bottle of wine and get get buzzed like it's because the wine's delicious. Like I'm not into the drunkenness. I'm into the I don't know, man. I'm just, that's why that's I'm why a little precious. An elevated precious. an elevated Jello shot is so funny because the whole point of a Jello shot is just not to taste it; just goes straight down. And when Padma is just grinding up her, je- I mean, that, that's just not it's not how it works. But you know what? Yeah, I'm on Team Padma. You're Team Padma on that. Um, one thing I wanted to point out, Kevin, and I there are so many just adorable moments in this episode about you know the. The theater kids versus the the frat guys or the jocks. And it was like this moment that was just so uh, amazing to me was when David and Tom Colicchio realized that they frequented the same Portuguese club back home. Do you remember that little scene there? Get out, he says. But do you remember what he said? Get out, too. What, that he used to steal sardines off the... Uh, off the grill? Off the grill. How do you steal a sardine off a grill? I mean, what, someone's going to see that. Like, like, I'm like, like Top Click, it was like, oh, yeah, you want to know what we did in high school for the big parties in the summer? You know what we did? We used to steal the sardines off the grill. What? What? Like, I'm, it's not like we used to swipe the tequila out of the fridge or uh, t- we, we used to take the golf carts for a joyride. It wasn't that. It was we stole sardines off the grill. That's the kind of childhood that Tom Colicchio had in Elizabeth, New Jersey. Well, it's Elizabeth, New Jersey. By the way, I'm on the Portuguese Social Club's website that is actually in Portuguese and I cannot find the English translation. Site. Is it Brazilian Portuguese? Maybe I could help you. No, no, no. It's Portuguese, Portuguese. I mean, the Northeastern United States, um, you know, you, you, you look at like especially Fall River Mass, I think. I mean, there's, like, communities that have huge Portuguese populations. Do you think David... Um, you, you, know is, a good, you know what's a good Portuguese uh, neighborhood? Is, is Toronto, Canada. Oh, hey. It's a great Portuguese neighborhood. So Portuguese well, Instructive Social Club, they, mm-hmm. uh, they apparently used to grill sardines, and Tom, the devilish little rascal Tom in high school, is, he used to go in there, and while the, while the chef wasn't looking, he used to just swipe those sardines. What a rascal! Hey, hey, hey. I mean, I, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. at any rate, I, um, yeah, I'm oh. actually looking, I'm on their Instagram page now. There are a lot of people having a lot of fun at many functions at the Portuguese Elizabeth, New Jersey. We, you know, at some point we, we, this needs to be a conversation. We need to learn more about the Portuguese club here. They have Zumba classes. 
They definitely have Zumba classes. That is not a surprise. I'm sure. I'm sure there's a you know a hot yoga class um, at at night. I'm sure there's something like that. Hey, Kevin. Kevin. Yes. Were you scared for Eric in this episode? Getting drunk and admitting he's ne- he doesn't know how to swim and then going into a lake with the loosely tied life preserver. I was terrified. I was a little nervous. <laughs> I, I, I have to say, I did see that. He had that little orange, little donut life preserver. But it seemed like they got, they got him to the raft immediately. I will say, I, though I'm not a houseboat, man-made lake in the, in the interior south kind of person, uh, I, I do like to lie on a raft with, when they have those little cup holders. I like those little. See, like I knew rats. there was a frat guy in, yeah. in, in you. You know, just yeah. sitting back with a. With you know, it's a, nice a though. Cocktail. If there was a, I like when there's a golden retriever swimming around in a lake <laughs> like that. that. That's that 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 I can deal with. I I love the swimming golden retriever is is kind of my. I just got my, so nervous. Like of all things to to like go swimming for the first time. Well, maybe it's not the first time he's gone swimming. It's just he didn't know how to swim. He he didn't even tie. I feel like he didn't even tie the the life preserver around. Like I don't I don't I don't think it was secure. And then he had a bunch of the jiggle juice and he jumps in. It looked like a lot of fun. But man, uh, this was. You know, we didn't have a guest for this episode, and uh, I feel like we did need to talk this one through because. It was very much what I love about you is what how we're so different, but yet this is just exactly what encapsulates our, our encapsulates our friendship here. So the the ability to understand your strengths and weaknesses in this episode versus mine, I felt like it was just I have ne- I have never had more of a rooting interest in a competition uh, episode than rooting for the blue team. <laughs> like team, team, tri- team trivia <laughs> team trivia because like, i was yes i was the literary magazine kid i was i was that kid man uh, oh but um tom how do the scoring look it's nip and tuck ain't it yeah so um right now it is a close race but i feel like um i've had my bench you've been playing your bench unit all game long you said it in an email that uh the score kind of feels like um uh, the third quarter of a good NBA game. Right now, it's 92, Team Kevin, 87, Team Tom. Ooh. So it's a five-point deficit. You have uh, four – no, you have five chefs still alive, I yep. believe. You have five left. Eddie, Eric, Michelle, Sarah, David. I have only three, Justin, Kelsey, and Adrian. To which I ask you, Kevin, mm-hmm. is there anyone on my team – that it's it's trade NBA trade deadline coming up in a couple of weeks. Is there anyone you're eyeing as we go into week nine of Top Chef? I mean, I like your three remaining chefs a lot. I, you know, part of my ambivalence is just that I think it's a wide open field this year. You know, I mean, I mean, who's the you know, how easily can you answer the question? Who are the next three chefs eliminated? Yeah, I can't, I, I, I can't do it. It's it's tough right now. I mean, maybe maybe Sarah bounces back. Yeah, I, I worry about Sarah's food right now, um, and I don't see that with any. Again, I was going to buy her jersey, so you know, I'm not. I'm, I'm all about it. You, you still are. A, you still are. I'm, I'm a huge Sarah fan. I, I worry about her food. You know, Kelsey is a contestant. I just really like because I think she's, you know, she can guard several positions so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, like what I really like about Kelsey is she understands context of challenges. You know, she will, she's the kind of the anti-brother in that respect. Yes. But she knows how, she kind of has an intuition to look at a challenge, not 
not only know what the culinary challenge is, just what she's got to do in the kitchen, but oh, we're doing canapes. Okay, that makes sense. She you know, I'm going to do this it. lovely little presented bite of a of a, of a scallop crudo, right? Oh, we're doing a party. I know exactly how to make this happen. Um, we're having trouble with the front of the house. I know how to kind of ameliorate the issues. So what I really like about Kelsey is she's sort of, I don't remember a chef in recent seasons that has a better feel for, hey, this isn't just a cooking show. Context matters in each challenge. And you sort of have to, there's some, and you can pick up points on the margins just by knowing what the shot is. And you know what, you know what she did though, like that really embodies what you just talked about. The little, the little chips that she had. Oh, we didn't side. even talk about the little puppy chow. The puppy chow is such a Kelsey chow. move. Is I oh. know parties. This is exactly the munchies that people want on a party boat, right? The key lime it, uh, little cereal bites. Oh, I mean, absolutely. She uh, she is kind of the, uh, and actually, I don't remember a, 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 a contestant in recent seasons who's a better gay male icon. Than, than Kelsey. I mean, she truly. I mean, she, no, but it's like I the, in the little cute little green tie to match the team color in the paper sack. We didn't. Oh, I can't even believe we didn't talk about that. Thank we you. We did for talk about it. We, we we just, just talked did. about it. We just we just did. It. I mean, doesn't that look? Like, if you were doing uh, your your get baked and sit around and play trivia, is there anything? You know, that, that's the irony. Is if you put her on the docile team and said we're doing kind of a Dungeons and Dragons night. <laughs> It's hey everybody. We're, it's the challenge is you're feeding a hundred people at the fucking Scrabble tournament. You know, like you know, like she'd figure out how to make it yeah. a party. Yes, right. Even though like your contestants are you know a bunch of librarians, like it doesn't matter. I mean, she is very versatile. Exactly. Like she would have actually had she been traded to the blue team, she would have figured out even with the same composition how to make that a more fun party, and it would have been a different tactics they wouldn't have done jello shots they would have done something else so that that's where i'm very pro kelsey is she's making good food really good food she's you know she's starting to finish on the top and she just understands content yeah and i think she she's also really good at editing she's the anti-kitsuji where she she knows she does simple dishes but they're just they're very compact and and edited very well and i think she's a pragmatist she's definitely a pragmatist she's not going to overthink it um and that dish, by the way, really spoke to me. Like, I love a really fresh horseradish. Like, if I'm going to have – I don't even do, like – I don't do cocktail sauce with my oysters. I just like a horseradish with some mignonette. I like the acid, and I love the horseradish spice. And when she's putting in the hot sauce, the Cholula, and then she's got the um, the horseradish in there, and she can almost passes out because it's too spicy, like, that is the dish that I want on a houseboat is those oysters. So – she nailed this out of the park. Justin, still a big fan. Adrian, she, it was her flu game. Um, her flu game, absolutely. Her flu game. She she did a great job, and and kudos to to Eddie for reaching across the aisle from Team Kevin and Team Tom and and helping out Adrian. I appreciate that, Eddie. Um, we have a really strong competition. I still think Eddie is by far the favorite in this. I mean, you said by I don't far? know who's gonna. You said I don't know who's gonna go home. I think I know who's going to win, and it's Eddie Conrad. So I think he's still um, the front runner here. He has 
28 points in our scoring system. The next highest is Kelsey, 24. And that feels about right, that he and Kelsey are right now the favorites. Well, Eric is also at 24, and I just, I, I got a hunch about him. I, yeah. I just think there's a lot of mistakes. You notice how there's not a zero in his um, yeah in his row there, in his little box score? Uh, he's just, again, I don't know that he is cooked a below, I, I think, a below median dish in any competition. And I've said this several weeks in a row now, like he may not be, he might not win every competition, but he's finishing in the upper 50%. And it is just, it is, he has been week in and week out the most consistent chef. And he's hanging around. Actually, no, hanging around is a insult. He's more than hanging around. Michelle's hanging around. Um, And we get back to pasta and, and some hot food without limitations. I think, I think Michelle, is a really good chef. I just worry that every third or fourth week, this, the comp, uh, the elimination challenge doesn't suit her. So if I offer um, you, Kel- I'm not saying I am, if I offered you Kelsey for Michelle. I'd do that. Yeah, you would. Yeah. I'd do that. Yeah. Because uh, she is a buy-low candidate at this point, Michelle, I feel like. Like, I feel no, like I, she's No, I think she's lurking. good. Yeah. And by the way, I think she could come out next week in a formal setting and win next week. I think she could she could do a freaking saffron pasta with, with some fantastic... Uh, accompaniment and uh, you know and, and just completely blow it out like I think she's she's an exceptional chef um, I think she is not as flexible in terms of conditions like I worry about her when they throw them in the wilderness or you know you're going to cook on the savannah amongst live predators and you have 10 minutes like that's that's what I worry about with Michelle I don't worry you have four hours to prepare you know prepare a meal for like eight people, four of them whom are Michelin star chefs. I don't worry about her. I worry about her on a houseboat. I worry about her mm-hmm. in situations that confine the chefs to certain limitations. All right, next episode, they go to Nashville. Any scouting yeah. report on Nashville from you, Kevin? Mm, well, it was just, by the way, I haven't been to Nashville in years, and I understand that there is so much good stuff going on, obviously the home of hot chicken. I have to say, I was very sad that Brian couldn't have lasted one more week because that is his hometown. Mm, you're right. That is his hometown. I really felt for him. Like, I mean, that would have been like my getting eliminated before Atlanta or something. Mm, yeah, I didn't, it didn't occur to me about that, but man, that's so true. That's a heartbreaker. That's eh, a heartbreaker. It really is. Uh, can we can we talk last chance for a second? Absolutely. Brandon, you know, private chef. It makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Yes, yes. Because that's what he's doing every day. There, you're not doing a lot of team. This you you go into a refrigerator, you prepare a single plate for a single person. Like like that's what he does. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a feeling a we might. Brother 2.0, I'm telling you right now. And by the way, was really happy. By the way, I was happy for both uh, Brian and Brandon. They both made delicious uh, pig ear, pig tail, oh, kind yeah. of pig extremity kind of uh, dishes. And by, both looked delicious, by mm. the way. Um, Tom looked as happy as he's looked all season. Oh, yeah. He loved it. And, and you know what? The, I love a good pig ear. There, Michael's oh, was the great. first pig ear I ever had. Mm-hmm. Michael's Genuine in Miami. And it... 
took my heart. It was, it was the first place I ever had it, too. I, I don't remember them really being on menus before then. When I went down to Miami a couple months ago with my wife, that was the first place. We both had cravings. We were like, where do we want to go? Uh, let's go hit the happy hour at Michael's Genuine and just crunch on some crispy pig ears with the little hominy, the little spice, the little – it's almost uh, – it's – they, they give you the lime, and it's the perfect little addition. I love that. Oh, that little Squeeze the lime mm. on the pig, crispy pig ears. I remember when we hosted a bunch of people for the finals. It must have been like 12 people, uh, Kevin. We must have ordered like seven of those things for the table. Yeah. Now, is my, I haven't been since that night. You know, you always, you always want to check out the new places in a city. But one of my favorite things is just to know the places that I don't care if they've been in business 20 years. Like like Luke is that place for me in Los Angeles. Suzanne Goins, Luke. Like it was the hot restaurant in 1998. And then, you know, now you can pretty much get a table most nights, even a Friday or Saturday. Uh, you know, you can get a table, but it's still one of the best meals. Is Michael's every bit is good, even though all this new food is opened up. It's still is it still great? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's and it's just a great vibe. They have a great cocktail menu, a great bar. Um, it's it's a really and the design district itself is really blown up. Um, well, that's what's funny, right? When it opened, there was nothing over there. And now it's actually probably I'm assuming what it's kind of the in terms of gravity, the culinary center of of Miami, probably. Yes. Um, it was uh, it was. It was a really good meal, a really strong meal. And you know what? It's just it's kind of nice to have those standbys because Miami is such a transient. It's such a uh, the turnover in Miami is so rapid. Um, It's really nice to have a place like Michael's Genuine. And apparently he just opened up a new restaurant um, right there on the water in in Miami. And I got to go check it out. Yeah, would love as Tommy, you and I were talking pregame. my, one of my favorite things about the NBA playoffs, besides the, the, the quality of the basketball and getting to cover these series and, and be right in the middle of them, is uh, you get off nights and, and you eat. So spring is my favorite. And, and whatever city you get assigned to kind of obviously governs that. And I'm most likely going to be in Toronto, which is just one of the great food cities in the world. Um, but there's always the question of the matchup. And, and I might be seeing you in Charlotte. I might be going to Brooklyn. Um and uh, I might very well be in Miami as well, in which case uh, that that would not be the worst thing in the world. So um, mm-hmm. and, I might, and I might be in Detroit. Who knows? But, uh, yeah, I, 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 will, I will be hitting you up for Miami pointers if that happens because uh, it's been a while. It's been a while. And I uh, would be very eager to check out kind of what's been going on there. Well, Kevin, this was um... – I'm very happy for Team Green. Uh, I feel like I'm an honorary member of Team Green. Uh, so I know your Team Blue didn't win, but I still feel like you're Team Blue on this. Even Tom, though- will, will you come play trivia with me at, at some place? Oh, if you yes. come to Los Angeles, can we do trivia? We're gonna, can we host a trivia party here? Yeah, abs- I would. Nothing would delight me more as long as you have some jiggle juice. Uh, you, you can take care. <laughs> I, I, you know what I have? I have I have xanthan gum, which can help. With the jiggle juice. That'll we'll, be invite, we'll invite Brandon. I mean, he's yes. probably in California somewhere. Atherton so. is not far. That's right. All right, sir. For Tom Haberstroh, this is Kevin Arnovitz, and this is Pack Your Nines. You know, honestly, I just wanna, I just wanna thank everyone that's been sending me so many messages. I have received hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of messages. I can't keep track of everyone, but I just wanna thank everyone that has taken the time out to send me something sweet while I'm going through my cancer treatment. 
that and I just want to say that it has meant so much to me to know that I have so many supporters out there and hopefully it translates to fan favorite. Which voting, <laughs> voting should happen in February. Just oh, it out yes. There. <laughs> now that is the plug that we were looking for. <laughs> I want to be the fan favorite. <laughs>